You're listening to Aesthetically Speaking. On this podcast, we're talking about all things branding, logos, colors, fonts, and the strategy behind it all. It seems like these days it's easier than ever to build an audience, but harder than ever to stand out online. My name's Rebecca, and I'm a brand strategist and designer. I'm here with my sister, Abby, a lawyer who needs a creative outlet. Together, we're going to talk about how to bring your brand to life. Hi, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Abby. In this podcast, we will be talking all things branding, design, and business for women entrepreneurs. And our hope is that you will join us as we discuss and analyze and laugh about the best and worst branding that we have. Yeah, I think that's true. Rebecca is a designer by trade. I'm a lawyer by trade. So my design knowledge, if you've ever read a legal document, very limited. Rebecca's very extensive. <laughs> so we're, we're hoping that the two of us can talk about all things to help businesses grow and help them be more beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and attract better, higher paying customers. And we hope that we'll be able to provide some design background and also just some regular person consumer background in like the products that we buy and the brands that we love and the decisions that we make as moms and business owners and professionals. We're really excited to start. And to begin this episode, Abby is going to introduce a little branding challenge for us. Right. So we thought because you guys are getting to know us through this podcast, we thought it would be fun not only to see how Rebecca's mind works as a designer and as a person who's very visually focused, but also to know a little bit more about our background. So I have prepared for Rebecca a branding brief based on two of our siblings. So Rebecca and I are sisters. We grew up together, shared a room, and I am number two and Rebecca is number three of seven kids. So we have I think our family has like big personalities. People think I'm a really strong personality and then they see all of us together and are like, oh, actually, you are not as outgoing as I thought. Yes. So we're not going to do everybody today, but I thought we'd start at the beginning of the alphabet. So Rebecca, your challenge for today is to create a brand for our brother, Andrew. He's the oldest. His name starts with an A. It's perfect. So Andrew is finishing his PhD. He just turned in his dissertation, which is a huge deal. Mm -hmm. A PhD in history. Yes, PhD in history. So he is a modern American historian. Mm -hmm. So that sounds very, you know, classy. I think of Andrew's like really masculine, classic, nothing super trendy. The kind of person who like reads all day, wears elbow patches. Andrew's also, if you know him, a very deep thinker, but not a fast mover. Mm -hmm. So not someone who's interested in something that is cutting edge or weirdly formatted. And yeah, definitely kind of an all-American collegiate vibe. Yes. But it also can't be so boring. Like you can't just do something that's like mahogany and leather because all professors look and act like that. And you want Andrew to be able to get the job of his dreams. So if you were to create a brand for Andrew, maybe let's say like a web brand, right? Something yes. that's a little bit more modern. Kind of how would you think through that? What would you do? Yes. So I love this challenge. We've been talking about this for a little while. So I've had time to think about this, which is very relevant because I am helping Andrew with his website right now. And I love this challenge because Andrew is very, very academic and very by the book rule follower. Like the shape that comes to mind when I think of Andrew is a square. Yeah. Not because he is a square, but just because he No is. pun intended, but yeah. yes. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he is like just very logically minded, like really thinks things through. Anyway, so I'm going to pull up the Pinterest board that I created for Andrew. That was kind of the first thing that I did when I was creating his brand. Okay. So you you go through a brainstorming phase, I guess is what you're saying. Like a mood board. Yes, exactly. I go through and I basically think like, what are the values or the qualities that this person or this business has? And so for Andrew, like I said, the first thing that kind of came to mind for me was academic, right? Yeah. Academic reading somebody who loves the library, who really identifies as like a bookworm and somebody who collects books. This is a person who would never, ever, ever buy or own or read anything on a Kindle out of principle. Out of principle. I was also thinking something to say about Andrew. Like he definitely wants to be a Renaissance man. Like he values being well-rounded. But also his idea of being well-rounded is I listen to both Bach and Beethoven <laughs> yes. and I, I read E.M. Forster and I also read Nietzsche. Yes. He's exactly. not somebody who is, who's going to read Colleen Hoover. You know, he, he's never going to watch. Right. I, I actually, I thought he would never watch The Bachelor, but then he married Marianne, who is normal. And That's now true. who knows? That's true. I was going to say like, he's not interested in pop culture, but he really wants to be well-versed in history, English, music. That's really important to him. So I literally searched academic vibes, academic aesthetic. There's a whole aesthetic called dark academia, which is- Okay. I saw this on YouTube. Yes. This like personal stylist that I follow. I'll just tell you, we can edit out her name if it's a trademark violation. It's fine. Ellie Jean Royden, who got big on TikTok, Uh her YouTube channel, she's very into dark academia. Yes. I had never heard of it before, but apparently it's a thing. Yes. It's very, it's like romanticizing academia. So it's like the library and the museums and the handwritten notes. That was another thing that really came up with Andrew is this is an analog person. And I know that in the classes he's taught at his university, he insists that his students take notes on pen and paper. He doesn't want anybody using a computer, doesn't want them using a phone. He really believes in the power of writing things down by hand, which I do too. So I resonate a lot with that. Yeah. So some of the things that I really found inspiring in a design sense. So anything that looked old as a general vibe, anything that was printed, anything handwritten. I loved like the chalkboard vibe. And then I also really liked these kind of classic college academic looks. So we have, like, you can't see it, obviously, because it's a podcast, but looking at your mood board, you have, like, the crest, mm-hmm. kind of almost like a coat of arms that a lot of these old East Coast schools have. Yes. A lot of, like, the buildings with pillars. Yes. Yes. That college campus vibe. Yeah. Do you have, for for something that is very classic, but not totally, like, ye old college campus, mm-hmm. do you think there is a typeface that fits that? So that's what I really struggled to find. The typeface that we kind of think of with colleges is like this block style, right? Like the all caps MIT and it has that outline. The problem is that style has been used so often for sports. Yeah, it looks like a letterman's jacket to me. Exactly. It has too much of a sport vibe or an athletics vibe and not enough of that like academic book vibe. Okay. So then I started thinking about how Andrew spends a lot of time in archives. 
So he actually comes to Austin a few times a year. He goes to the LBJ Presidential Library. I think he's like the only person that ever goes through those archives. They probably love him. And so that got me thinking like, okay, what design elements did they use in an archive or in a library that I could lean on? So you have kind of this, like a typewriter book card that you would check out with some hand Like a card elements. catalog. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that kind of got me thinking and I'll show you kind of where I ended up with the brand that I created for him because obviously I couldn't just talk about it. But what I did is I created a logo for him using a hand-drawn serif font. So it's in the style of your traditional serif font that you would use on a computer, like your Times New Roman, your Georgia, but it has that handwritten element to it. And it's pretty thick and blocky. And I've put that in this almost square shape. I really liked the idea of using a pendant, like those flags that you see when somebody, you know, like the long triangle flags. Exactly, exactly. But I, I didn't want to give something triangular. I wanted it to feel a little bit more balanced. So it's square on the sides and then it just goes up a little bit on either side. And it says historian, teacher, speaker in that typewritten font and PhD on the side. And one thing that's challenging with personal branding like this that I want to mention is a lot of the inspiration or ideas that I was coming across were for like one short word. And when you're branding somebody that has a long name, Andrew likes to use his first and last name and middle initial. Yeah. That can be really challenging in creating that visual balance while still creating an interesting shape. So this is also, this is just the title, right? Not even taking into account that Andrew is a, is a writer and in a text heavy field where Exactly. You know, someone in someone in my field is going to have a one or two page resume and Andrew with all his publications is going to have 10 pages. Right. Right. So that's why what I ended up doing is I offset the first name and last name. So there's some balance there and you can have the words or not, but it, it gives it a shape and still allows you to have the full text. So, and I will say looking, looking at this, sorry, just to pause real quick. No, I like it. What I think is interesting is the the modified square and his name, the way you've split it up with the typeface, the square almost looks, I'm calling it a square, but it's not. It's a modified. Yeah. It's technically like a hexagon or whatever. Yeah. But it looks almost like a square, but it draws your eye because it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And it also looks kind of like a a book that is facing away from you. Exactly. And then the same thing with the with the typeface, it looks classic. Like I recognize that it's like almost Times New Roman, but the handwritten element makes it just different enough that your eye is really drawn to it because you're like, wait, something, something is different here. Someone has messed up Times New Roman. Yes, exactly. And the other thing that I was thinking of as I was creating this logo is that this is a brand that will be used almost exclusively in a digital sense, in a digital application, I should say. So if it was something that was going to be printed, I would probably make it a little bit more modern leaning, but because it's going to be on a website that looks very clean and modern, I really wanted to lean into the older look a little bit more. Interesting. Okay. There was like a picture came to mind that was basically like, you know, like a Renaissance portrait, but in a super modern frame. Okay. Like a small portrait, big wide mat, like black frame. And that kind of encompasses the vibe that I want to create with his overall brand. So the individual logo is a little bit more old school style, but the brand overall 
makes it modern, makes it very professional. And that's really like every client that I work with, they want their personality there, but they still want it to be professional. They still want it to look like they're an expert. And so that's, you have to have all of that together. Right. So do you envision this as like the the header on his website? Yeah. So I would use a version of this. I probably take out these smaller words okay. for the version on his website. So it just has Andrew with his last name. And then I would have, I created a version down at the bottom that is like a monogram. Oh, that's so cool. Partially because I know that Andrew really loves having kind of a crest, like a, like a symbol like that. Right. I knew that, you know, he would really like that. And also because I think it really contributes this idea, like this is an individual and not an organization. I wanted to talk about the colors that I chose for his brand because I wanted to So I can, I can describe the colors for the viewers. So that what I see here, the header that we've talked about, this says Andrew, his full name, that the text is in, it looks like it's white or an off-white. Yeah, it's just white. And then the background is like a, it's not an emerald green and it's not a forest green. It it looks kind of like a, a little bit of a faded or a worn forest green. Yes. But it's a very rich classic color. Yes. The color inspiration for that actually was our high school color. It was They were green and gray. And I was imagining like an old high school sweatshirt that's like been worn and washed a thousand times, which okay, is yeah. very, very true to Andrew and very true to like an academic, right? Somebody who like, this is a person who loves college, who loves school, who's passionate loves college about so much that they yeah. have never left. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody who just loves the idea of having a school to be attached to. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the vibe that we're going for. So yeah, it's like a really muted greenish gray, not super saturated, but there's still like some life in it, you know? Right. And it doesn't look, it's not a, because it's such a a classic green, it's something you've seen before, but again, it's just been tweaked enough that it does look worn. It looks comfortable. And it also doesn't look like this is going to go out of style in a year or two because it's based on such a true tone, I guess. Yes, exactly. Okay. Tell us about the other colors. Oh, first I was going to say, it also is so fun for Andrew to like have this little little tiny Easter egg hearkening back to high school because there was a time in Andrew's life <laughs> where he would only wear t-shirts from his college. Yes. And it it got to the point where I think our mom had to intervene and lost them in the laundry or like threw them away. She forced him. I remember she forced him to give them up so that she could make a quilt with them. That Yeah, that was the excuse because uh-huh. his fashion was just like every day, new t-shirts. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how when you get married, your fashion improves? I feel like most of the time, if you're a guy, when you get married, your fashion gets significantly better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. I was also going to say, going back to the Easter egg thing, I love doing things like this for my clients. I love creating things where the average lay person is going to look at this and they're not going to be like, oh, that's an open book. And that's the color of Andrew's high school. They're just going to like, they're just going to get a feeling. Right. And it's the feeling that I want to create, but it's really special for the client to know that there's a lot of thought and intention behind that. And it's like, hey, I picked a green that is representative of the feeling that we want to create. And it's a nod back to your high school that I know you really love. Right. I I like being able to do that for my clients. I try to always do something like that so they know that this logo is really personal to you. Yes. And I think if you asked Andrew, what do you want in a brand? He would not be able to articulate to you. 
I want to use a font that is handwritten. Right. You know, I want the mix of modern and classic elements. I want it to be both digital and analog. I think he would just be like, oh, I want it to look correct. Yes. I want it to reflect me. That's something you don't think about maybe when you're hiring a professional, but that's why that's why people who are not design-based have to hire someone else to do yes. it because they couldn't put this into words. But when I look at this, I'm like, that's perfect. That's perfect for Andrew. Like, I can see it. Yes, exactly. I, I love it when my clients will get messages from people that are like, your new brand is just so... And they'll name like the three words that are exactly what we wanted to create. That's got to feel so good. Yes. My client, Alice, said she's a sleep consultant. And she said that she got a message that was like, your brand is just so cozy, welcoming, and encouraging. And those were literally, I was like, what three words do you want people to describe you? <laughs> she was like, you really know what you're doing. I'm like, I know. I honestly, I never would have thought of this just because I'm not as I'm not as visually minded. For me, yeah. I would have been like, I can come up with the text that would describe Andrew. Yes. But you can say so much more visually than you can you know, it just takes a lot less space to say something visually that comes across so strongly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so we can go back to the color scheme. Yes. Also, by the way, I have not seen I have not seen this before. Like we are screen sharing on Zoom. I have never seen Andrew's brand before five minutes ago. And we will share this on my social media and on my blog. So you can see I have the Pinterest board and the actual brand board that I have created. Oh, that's smart. That's when they can see the whole process. Yeah. Okay. So for the color scheme, we talked about the green, the modified forest green. The other colors I'm seeing, there is a black. Mm -hmm. There is a brown that is, it's not like a chocolatey brown. And it's also not like a dirt brown or a poop brown. It looks like the brown that you see on the mountains. Mm -hmm. a, a nice tree nature brown. Yes. If I was naming this for my clients, I always choose like on-brand names. I would call it tree bark or something like that. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like a natural occurring brown. And then next to it is probably a sand color. Mm-hmm. Kind of an off-white, gray or beige. Mm-hmm. And then the one next to it is, it's like a sky blue, but it's not so bright. It's a little bit more muted. Yes. Almost like a dusty blue, but again, it looks like something that's in nature, not something that's like in clothing, if that makes sense. Yes, exactly. The inspiration for the colors came from a picture that I saw of, you know, like a classic old set of books in a library. And they were all yellow, brown, like a rust orange, gold. And so I kind of started there and I felt like it felt very naturey to me and it didn't have as much of an academic vibe or kind of like an editorial vibe that I wanted to create. So then I thought about doing something with the American flag colors, red, white, and blue, uh -huh. since he's studying American history. And that just felt a little bit too overtly patriotic. Yeah, it comes across as very rah-rah. Exactly. So I basically combined those two things. So I took, you know, a blue and just toned it way down. I basically thought, what would these colors look like if they were on a fabric or a book that had been around for a long time? Like, what would, what would these colors look like if they were really old? And usually what that means is they're just not very saturated. All of the colors have low saturation. That's kind of a, a tip that I tell people if they're struggling to put colors together is try to use colors that are the same level of saturation. You don't have to do that, but it's an easy way to make them really look cohesive. 
So that's what I've done here. The black, I always include a dark color in your brand. You need to have high contrast. Again, this is going to be a digital application. Right. Everything has to be really readable. Everything has to be able to be reversed. So his logo is white on green. You also want it to work green on white. Okay. So I wouldn't necessarily change his logo to be like the light blue on the green because there's not enough contrast there. Right. Though it looks really pretty, it doesn't read well. And so that's where kind of the line is for me between like form and function, if you want to argue that. Okay. It's like, I want this to communicate a feeling, but not at the expense of being understood. Right. If it's between those two things, I want it to be understood. And a good designer doesn't make you choose. Like a good design, a good designer can do both. That's that's really smart. When I look at these colors, to me, it read very Mountain West colors. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you took an aerial shot of Andrew's spent some time. I mean, he's lived other places too, but he spent a lot of time in Utah and Colorado. Yes. It looked to me like, oh, this is what Boulder looks like. This is what Salt Lake City looks like. Yes. The same kind of colors that are naturally occurring. Or even I thought if you, what the nature would look like on a college campus, right? You have the stone color from a lot of those old pillar fancy ones, Mm -hmm. but just in, in a toned down way that's not so, you know, a lot of them have that big crimson red. Yes. And this doesn't have that. And it makes it look a little bit more worn, classic, stuff like that. Yes, exactly. I debated a lot putting a red in there. And I felt like the green was a little bit stronger for Andrew's particular personality. So yeah, I think think it suits. Yeah, Yeah, it's I really like it, I must say. Yeah, I just keep looking at the the book shape. And I'm just so impressed. Yes, I yeah, you can kind of see all of the different things that I tried. I I really thought about even using his own handwriting because he has a pretty distinct handwriting, but that can often give a brand like a really cutesy feel. And if there is one thing that a history professor does not want to be, it's cutesy. It is cutesy. Yeah. So this felt like it was the right level of sophistication, but still a nod to what he cares about. Yeah. Really personalized. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about the, I don't, I don't know what to call it, the crest, the monogram? Yeah. I feel like we kind of already talked about it, but instead of, you know, a lot of times you'll have spaces where you don't have room for your full brand, especially if you're having, like I said, a personal brand where it's your full name, typically that's going to be a pretty wide logo. And so I often create a variation of the logo that will fit in a square or a circle for social media. I like to put it in the bottom of the website. You can put it in the favicon, favicon. I don't know how to say that. I've been designing websites for how many years and I don't know how to say that, but whatever. (laughs) It's important to me when I create brands for my clients that I'm giving them something that's usable in various applications. And this is kind of branding 101, but your logo really needs to work at all scales. So that means really, really big and really, really small. Because if you think about how big it is on your phone, that's really small as like their social media profile. And should they want to make a billboard one day, that's going to be really, really big. So you have to make sure that you are thinking about all of the applications when you're designing the brand. And that I'm giving my clients enough variety in their actual logos and designs that they can use it. So yeah, if I was to continue working on this brand, I would use this open book shape 
to create some patterns. And I would use that like as backgrounds on his website, like as a back of a business card and just really hone in on that design. So it becomes very quickly recognizable as Andrew's brand. Yeah. My other question was going to be for Andrew. I guess I have two questions for Andrew because his brand is so text heavy. Mm -hmm. What other branding tips would you have for someone like him? Like, would you create a tagline for him to use on his website? Would you have him write his copy? All of all of his stuff is very lengthy and historical, and you know uses primary sources. Mm-hmm. Would he need somebody to help brand him to spruce it up for a website so that if someone's googling him, they can find him his stuff? So I think it really comes down to who Andrew's ideal client is. You know, as a PhD candidate, he's hoping to find a full time teaching position. So his ideal client is not necessarily a business owner who wants some snappy marketing copy. It's more likely the head of a department, the college dean who's going to be reading through his CV, looking at his website. And so I think I would probably lean into having lots of text. I'd probably find a way to summarize it, but I wouldn't make it, you know, I wouldn't come up with like some cutesy, snappy tagline. Yeah. I would do something that's pretty straightforward He, on his website right now, he uses a lot of just really beautiful quotes about like what it means to be a historian and kind of this, he has a great quote that's like this holistic view of what it means to be a historian. And it's not just looking at the facts because there are no just facts. So I'd probably take something like that and create a summary rather than like putting it together in a tagline like that. I like that. I like that. And then my second question was going to be, because Andrew has such a text-heavy brand, mm-hmm. but it also being a history professor is something that is deeply personal. Like they're not hiring him to, you know, usually he's not getting hired to do a one-off. Right? Can you research X for me? He's not a research assistant. They're hiring him to perform and to be, you know, he is the brand. He is the service that he right performing to a university. If you were like styling a shoot for Andrew, what kind of photos do you think he should have on his website? Yes. Oh my gosh. See, this is so fun for me because I... Because you've always wanted to dress Andrew. Because I've always wanted to dress Andrew. And because I feel like, just being honest, the bar for brand photo shoots is so low. People keep doing the same boring, generic things. And if I was really going to do it, I would do something... I would do something a little quirky. Okay. What's coming to mind is him sitting almost like he's dug a hole in the sand, but it's him up to his chin in books. Oh, okay. Just basically, this is a lot of what I think branding is, which is taking a part of your personality and like really exaggerating it so people get the point really quickly. Yeah. Obviously, we can take beautiful pictures of him reading books, writing at a desk. That's important. I think it's, it is important to show people what you do. But it's also important for them to get a feel for your passion and your personality. So doing something where it's surrounded by books, I would love to, this would be more like an AI thing, but I almost imagine like a split screen where it's like, he's looking at a book and on the other side is like Winston Churchill giving a speech, right? Where you get this sense that like, he is there, he is immersed. I guess that's not AI, but something where it's like, you're creating this experience. Yeah. Like the digital composite. Exactly. I love the idea of Andrew just completely buried in books because it wouldn't that be again, so fun? it would be so fun. But in I don't I don't mean to impose on Andrew. Maybe he's 
much more creative visually than I would have thought. But I think his instinct would be take a picture of me in a library, right. take a picture of me on a college campus. Right. Instead of thinking, how do I communicate that th- this person's life is defined by the sources that they're reading? Exactly. You actually put the two together. And it's just so clear that this is what you were called to do. Yes. Because for me, I was like, okay, where's the prettiest part of the college campus? And then I'll take it looking at the sky do a sun flare. Like that's the level of creativity. <laughs> yes. Yes. What I usually tell people is you want to capture two kinds of photos. You want to capture what you do. This is so cheesy, but like I make sure to get pictures of me at a computer where it looks like I'm on a call with a client because that's part of what I do. Right. But I also did these pictures where I was painting a wall pink. Do I actually paint walls for my work? No, but it communicates something about what I believe about my work, like what I'm passionate about in a different way, you know? Yeah, I like that. So I, I, there's so many fun things you could do. This would probably not be okay because he would be offended if I tore out pages of books and just did a whole backdrop that was just pages. Yeah. Right. Like something like that. And I, I wouldn't do that all over his website. That's like pushing the envelope too far for his particular brand. Right. I would do 90% professional academic photos and on his about page, somewhere in the middle, I would have this great photo of him surrounded by books and just to like give you a little flavor. And you want to know, should he have like an interview or something? That's the thing that everybody would mention. Yeah. Because that it's interesting. Anybody can take a photo in a library, but who's going to do something quirky, you know? Right. Who can actually show you what it means, you know? Exactly. Exactly. But that's so cool. Yeah. Okay. I think that's pretty much all we have about Andrew. Like I said, I will post this brand on my website and make a little post on social media so you can see it and tell me if you think I got it right or what you would Would you book Andrew as a historian? Yes. (laughs) Invite invite him to speak at your next conference. He is a fabulous speaker and teacher. So I'm excited to see what he does once he graduates this spring. Yeah, that's so fun. I am excited to see the rest of our siblings because if you if you did this well with Andrew, who's kind of in a non-traditional... Andrew was the hardest. A lot of the websites you see. Yeah, I can imagine. Yes. I When you see Caroline's, you're really going to love it. I really feel like I knocked it out of the park if I do say so myself. <laughs> I'm excited. Andrew's the oldest and Caroline's the youngest. So you can yes. see there's a wide, a wide range. Yes, definitely. Okay. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Thank you all for joining us. Any last thoughts? We roasted Andrew within an inch of his life. So oh my that's gosh. I, good. I really hope not. I, I hope that he listens and is flattered that we wanted to create a brand for him and not mortify. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And if you would like to follow along with the podcast and what I am doing for my work, you can follow me at Rebecca Peterson Studio or visit my website, RebeccaPetersonStudio.com. And that's Peterson with an O-N. And I look forward to hearing from you. And if you're looking for someone to help you build a really unique brand for your business, I would love to work with you. And you can send me a message through my website or on my Instagram. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to Aesthetically Speaking. If you want to support the podcast, please leave us a nice review or connect with us on Instagram at Rebecca Peterson Studio. 